Most of you know that I love listening to podcasts and music. Music and podcasts are constantly playing in my earbuds. Whether you're working from home or you're working on your fitness, you want whatever you're listening to to be what you're listening to, not what your partner is listening to or what your kids are listening to or what your roommates are listening to. Everyone needs a great pair of wireless earbuds. But before you go dropping hundreds of dollars on a pair, you need to check out the wireless earbuds from Raycon. You already know Raycon earbuds start at about half the price than all the other premium wireless earbuds on the market. Their newest model, the Everyday E25 earbuds, are their best ones yet. With six hours of playtime, seamless Bluetooth pairing, more bass, and more compact design that gives you a nice noise-isolating fit. Raycon wireless earbuds are so comfortable, they're perfect for conference calls or binging podcasts. Most of you have heard me talk about these on Instagram, or you may have heard me talk about how the company was co-founded by Ray J and celebrities like Snoop Dogg and Cardi B. You can pick up a pair to check out what all the hype's about. Now's the time to get the latest and the greatest from Raycon. Get 15% off of your order at buyraycon.com slash loved. That's buyraycon.com forward slash loved to get 15% off of Raycon wireless earbuds. Go to buyraycon.com forward slash loved. And now back to our show. I don't think everything happens for a reason at all. I think that's nonsense. I think that after something happens, we can make meaning out of it sometime or find the gift in it. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Radically Loved Radio. I wanted to create a place where people can go to to get inspired, get motivated, or find some clarity and get tools to create a radically loved life. I will do my best to provide information on a variety of subjects, including yoga, holistic health, life coaching, spirituality, meditation, and overall mindful living. Each episode will bring you some of the world's best spiritual leaders, entrepreneurs, yoga teachers, coaches, along with some of my closest friends, and we will talk about their life experiences and journeys to create something more out of their lives and how they continue to grow to make that happen. Thanks for listening. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Radically Loved Radio. I am joined by a very special guest today. I've been waiting to interview her, and it what feels like years and years and years because <laughs> I have actually known about our guest today, Jennifer Pasteloff. Thank you so much for being here. Uh, you can say Thank hi, you. but I'm going to keep talking about you. I've liter- literally heard your name my entire yoga life. And <laughs> in fact, I missed two of your workshops that you did in Portland because when you were in Portland, this was, a, a, I don't know, back in 2013 or 2014, you did a workshop at Cerulean and... I don't even know if you remember that. But it was Wait, at where? At where? It was Cerulean. No, I didn't. You didn't? No. I mean, I've done workshops in Portland. Maybe it was at a, a yoga studio in like Beaverton. No, because only I've done Seattle a lot. But in Portland, I've only done workshops with... Lydia Yuknovich called Writing in the Body, and we do them at her place. So I've actually never done my own thing in Portland. No, I know. It was with somebody else, with her. Yeah, but it was at her um, her space. It's called Corporeal Writing. It's in downtown. Yeah, it's downtown. That's maybe... I oh, wait that. a minute. Wait a minute. But we did do... We, An event we did, space. No, we also... Did, gosh, I can't believe I forgot. We do them at Corporeal Writing and also at... Uh, McMinimum. Mc, McMinimum. Yes. 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 McMinimum. Yes. And it's like an old Kennedy school. It's an old school and they converted it into this hotel. So we do it there when, when we need it bigger, when we want to yeah. fit 40 people and we do it more intimate at her space. Oh my God. Okay. I feel like my, my memory is shot. No, You're but right. I'm like, You're was, right. Hey, thank you. Cause I was like, what? No. Cause it was two different times where I was like, Oh, I want to go to this workshop so bad. And I had friends that actually went So that's originally how I heard. And I was like, wow, she sounds like a creature of my own heart. She sounds amazing. And then that I I am, that I am. 
I got more familiar with your work and I am just so completely inspired and everything that you do. I'm, I'm just, I'm so grateful that you're here right now and I'm, I'm excited to have this conversation with you. So, okay, that's enough. That's ah. enough of that. Yes, we have we literally gone through all the obstacles to make this happen. I mean, we've rescheduled this, no joke. I don't know, seven, like a ridiculous amount of times. Um, but what I was, what the story I was going to tell you, it's funny, is I, I have no sense of time anymore in this global pandemic. I mean, it, I really, time doesn't exist. But at some point, you'll know the time, but at some point, Elizabeth Gilbert was on your podcast. And she texted me and she's like, see you in a few minutes. And I said, I wrote back and I said, what? And she goes, we're on that podcast. I have it. I have it right here. And she sent me a screenshot. I don't even, and it was like Jennifer Pastelup and Elizabeth Gilbert on Radically Loved. And I was like, wait. And I'm like looking through my emails and really upset at myself because I am, hello world. I'm very disorganized. I was like, how did I not, what? And I'm combing and I find nothing. And then uh, she's like, I, I could be mistaken. I'll report back. And if you don't hear from me, it means you're off the hook. And so <laughs> she, she calls after she does the podcast. She's like, yeah, you weren't involved in that. I don't know what that was. So, but yeah, I don't know what that was. Why she thought I was meant to be on Well, no, so, so there was this whole, oh my, this is when, you know, all the PR people, everybody gets kind of involved so I was trying to figure out how to get you both separately. Got it. And I think what happened with, I, I was talking to Shay, Shay Lynn, whatever, we can take this out. We don't need to put her name in here. But well, um, and Liz and I have the same speaking agent. So somehow so maybe- that's, So I was in touch with both of your speaking agents. Got it. That's okay. what it was. And we were trying, and I think the mix up was, I have two, two podcasts. And originally I had said, I would really love to get them both on both. And I think that that was a little too confusing. And when she responded to me, she said, we can get Elizabeth Gilbert on this one. And, and Jennifer will be able to do this. And I was like, "Mm, okay, whatever. Totally fine. Totally fine. And then I got connected with the PR person. There was like four people on that chain. And so by the time I, by the time, um, I connected with Elizabeth Gilbert and we're doing this interview for the wise podcast, it was funny. We got on and she's like, um, I think I'm a little bit confused right now. She's like, is Jennifer Pasteloff going to be on this? And I'm like, no, I believe I'm interviewing her for Got it. Podcast. It's just like everybody, you know, it's one of those Mercury retrogrades. Well, like, that's, but then you became in my radar. So then I was like, who, what is it? Who, who is Rosie? And I looked you up and then I fell oh. off. So thank you oh, for that. Oh, that's so <laughs> great. Oh my God. No, that makes me so happy. Yeah. So, you know, your story and your, I, I really don't know anybody in the world of like, I don't even know how to say it. world of health and wellness or spirituality. <laughs> no, no. Let's just say in the world. In the world. I'm okay. the most unique in the world. In the world. Yes. Somebody, <laughs> I, you are the, you're the, probably the only person that I can say really shows up as who they are. And I am so inspired by that. I love that well, so much. That, that honestly... That is one of the greatest compliments anyone's ever given me. I didn't know what was coming after. I was like, oh no, please don't like, I don't know what you were going to say. And that is just perfect. Yeah. Thank you. I really, um, yes, yes, I do. And I encourage everyone listening and watching to do the same thing, you know, and it's, um, it's been, it's really liberating and, you know, I'm in my forties now and it's like, I don't, I certainly, certainly didn't have that confidence and that comfort level on my own skin in my twenties, a little more in my late thirties, but man, it's, it's liberating. And that's all I ever want to be is free and kind and kind and and various other things, but like free ultimately from the prison that most of us put ourselves in. Yeah. And I, you know, I find that so fascinating because to me, once, once I read your book, it all, it made sense to me like the person that shows up 
and the person who you are. I'm like, wow, this is so congruent because a lot of the times I've, I've found that unfortunately that's not the case, that sometimes people might show up a way that they think society wants of them course. to be. And then you get to know them and then it's not congru- it's not congruent. It doesn't make sense. And so, yeah, I'm like, can you teach us how to, how to do that? Sure. Sign up. <laughs> Sign up for my workshop. It's $9.99 right now. No, um, I, I'm glad you, you used the word congruent because that's a, a favorite of mine. I, I you know, and I, w- I talk about this a lot, but when I wake up in the morning, I say, I literally open my eyes and I say, may I have the courage to be who I say I am. And as I'm saying this, I'm looking over a little, my friend um, is a, is on Instagram is the man of wire. He sculpts out a wire and there's a don't be an asshole sculpture. And I'm looking at it. And, and that's the idea of don't be an asshole is really about congruency. So, you know, like if I am leading these workshops and I'm talking about these things, but then at home when the camera's off or when no one's in the room, I am, you know, starving myself hating myself, um, not caring about other people, uh, you know, being completely or even partly opposite of who I'm saying I am. And it doesn't work for me. It it doesn't feel good in my body. I actually think most of us, it doesn't feel good in our bodies, you know, and the more congruent we are with the, um, who we want to be, the, the idea of ourselves, the, when we think of our best self, when, you know, it just, I think it, it allows us, to, again, back to the word free, it allows us to be more free. Because, you know, when, when we're in turmoil, when we're in conflict like that, you know, like we're pretending to be one way and then not, it, it just doesn't feel good. Just the same way I think gossiping doesn't feel good. Like you get that, um, or complaining, you know, and I don't often mm. talk about, you know, woo vibrations, but it's a thing, right? That's the vibration, right? When you are talking shit, or being unkind or an asshole, whatever it is, your vibration is lower. I, I, who, who even am I right now talking about vibrations? But it's true. <laughs> no, but I totally agree with that. I think that that has a lot to do with how we decide to show up. And so many of us default to our normal state, whatever that may be. For some of us, it's just easier to be that complaining person or to be somebody who's fed by gossip or by finding out like what the latest failure is of somebody else. And I, I find that really, you know, I didn't, I wasn't raised like that. You know what I mean? So for me, it's just, I've always been a fan of, well, not the, the complaining. I just was complaining this morning and it's funny. Because- I, well, I, I was actually gonna, <laughs> gonna offer up, you know, like I wrote a book called on being human, you know, and I, uh, when you say I show up as I, as I am, and it's like, so I still complain. I mean, it's a thing I'm working on. I still catch myself gossiping sometimes or, you know, I'm human. So I'll never pretend. And I think that's part of the reason that people are drawn to me because I'm not here pretending that I've achieved some state of like, you know, uh, enlightenment. And I've gotten to the point where I don't take things personally. I do. <laughs> you know, and I don't uh, talk shit. I do sometimes. I'm human, but I'm but I've gotten a lot better at it, and it's less and less. You know, it's few and far between. Or human. Yeah, God, I love that. I really do. I, you know, right now we're in the middle of a pandemic. There's we're at month seven in of 2020, and the majority of this year has had stay-at-home orders and everybody's business has transformed and transitioned and there's just a lot of stuff going on in the world right now. And for you, I'm I'm curious how that has, especially in the middle of launching a book, you're also a mom, you have a business, like <laughs> what has this been like for you during this time? And uh, an addendum to that. And how is it that you're still able to show up like <laughs> like who you are. Well, it's funny. I'm like, I'm forgetting that we're being recorded and I'm like moving my jaw in all these weird ways because I was clenching really bad all night because of stress, you know? And so I get this headache. Um, I wear a night guard because I keep breaking my teeth. How has it been for me? It's been awful. It's been really awful. That, that is not to say 
rosy that there haven't been gorgeous silver linings and beautiful things. But again, that and statement, right? So it's been awful and beautiful. Um, I, I lost all my income because every, every dollar I make right now, which I, I hope to change, is made because I get on a plane and I go somewhere and I lead a retreat or I lead a workshop or I do public speaking. And that, and this was a huge year for me. I got a big public speaking agent, which we talked about was Gilbert's agent. And I booked some big, big jobs at three European retreats. Never done that in a year. Hi, global pandemic. Joke's on you. Three European, I mean, I had so many things and I was like, yeah, this is the year. I am finally, finally making money. You know, my whole life I've been like, I'm still in this little apartment, co-sleeping with my four-year-old and my husband. And and it it all evaporated. And I had to really get over the idea that like, see, this is never going to happen to me. See, I'm going to be poor for the rest of my life. And I'm not poor. I'm not poor. I sometimes I have poor mentality growing up without money. I have to really overcome that. But am I still living in a 500 square foot apartment? Why, yes, I am. So you know, all these jobs went away, and I got really depressed and really, yeah, really depressed and really scared. And I and the way that I dealt with that, as I deal with a lot of, of my everyday life, is going, how may I serve? So I used my platform and I began to raise money for people who were dealing with food insecurity during COVID. And through my Instagram lives, we raised over $140,000. And you know, it was a huge distraction, if I'm honest. It was a beautiful distraction, but it was a distraction. I mean, I was going to write my next book. I was going to do the book proposal. Didn't do anything in that time. And then I was going to, um, okay, well, my paperback was coming out June 16th. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to use all this publicity. I'm going to do this huge virtual book tour. I had all these, you know, I was like, you know what? Here we go. And then the revolution happened and, and the uprising. And I just was like, nah, no one needs my voice right now. Pause. Black Lives Matter, you know, not gem pass off right now. I'm not saying I don't matter, but I certainly at that time didn't need to be plastering my face on the internet. So I started amplifying Black voices. And so pretty much everything that I was looking forward to or, or excited about or making money about evaporated. And I was having a, a very hard time. I was very resistant to pivoting online. The main reason is because I thought I didn't know how, which could be a bullshit story, but like, I don't know how, I don't know how and getting caught up in that. And then finally my dear friend, Krista Vernoff, who's a showrunner for three shows in Hollywood, you guys, executive producer of Grey's Anatomy, Station 19, and a new show called Rebel about Erin Brockovich. Like someone who has no free time. Her brainchild is called Convocate. So she like, dreamed up this thing in a meditation and brought it to life. And therefore, the last two Sundays, Rosie, you came last week, I've been doing these online workshops. So all that is to say, it I, I have been able to pivot and it took me a bit longer than I saw most people doing, but it, it has given me hope to do these online workshops because one, I didn't know if the magic could be recreated. I mean, look, I still won't trade in person for the world. But like, I got to, we, there was people all over the world on Sunday, but yeah, it's been, it's been hard yesterday. I, I'm going to, I'm going to say this and I give the mic back to you. But yesterday I said yes to doing this marketing thing. Sometimes like I get these calls and I was like, okay. And I had to sit on a zoom call for two hours. I was in my underwear in the bed. No lie about blow dryers. Can I tell you? how much I don't give a fuck about blow dryers. And I was like, I was like, wow, this is really depressing. It was for $175. And I was like, well, it's groceries. But it was two hours. And like, they would show us all these blow dryers and ask us these questions. And every time I was like, I don't care about the barrel of the blow. I don't care what it looks like. Does it work? That's all I care about. But like all the other people had all these opinions. And I was like, wow. So yeah, that's what I've been up to. <laughs> Wow. Yes. I preach to that. That is so good. And 
Thank you for, again, your honesty. It is such an interesting time to try and transition. I mean, I've, I've always had a little bit of a tenuous relationship with doing things online because I'm the same way. I like being in person. I like hugging people. I'm, I'm fed by the energy of the collective. And yeah. when I don't have that, it just makes me feel a little bit disconnected. And I really can uh, empathize with what you're saying. Um, just in general, I mean, it, it is really an interesting time. And I think it's important for people to really accept what is happening and, and not a way of giving up, but as a way to add that, that and statement that you say. It's like, yeah, this sucks and I'm going to make the best of it. Or, you know, there, there are different ways that I can create a sanctuary in my space or that I can redirect my business. I mean, look, this is really difficult. You know, I have family members that don't, I, I am fortunate enough that I have a business model that I can turn into a digital platform and I can still do this. Yeah. It's not my favorite, but it's still something that I can do. I have right. family members. And not, that and not everyone has that. Yeah. Yeah. Not everybody has that, you know, and, and you and I have very similar um, type of upbringing. It's like I, you know, I was I grew up in East Los Angeles during the LA riots, living in an, a, a two bedroom apartment with like eleven people, you know. And so, to me, that that feeling of scarcity is is all too familiar. Mm-hmm. And you know, so so that I think is a really interesting thing to just acknowledge. So, like, how do you move? How do you move away from that? fear? How does it not, how do we allow it to, or how do we avoid it from paralyzing us? That's a great question. You know, I texted you yesterday. I was really honest. I said, uh, yeah, you said, how are you? And I said, I'm really, I'm kind of depressed today. I'm really flat. And I think it's because on Sunday, I had that big workshop and those big feelings and that excitement. And then, and I didn't leave the house all day. And I finally took made, made myself. I really had to force myself. I went on a walk at sunset. I live 10 blocks in the beach. And um, that's one way of moving my body. And I realized that I, you know, I'm in this tiny apartment and some days I don't leave all day. And that's, that's a danger zone for me. I'm not saying it's for everyone, but for me, you know, I don't put on my pants or I don't get dressed. Some days I don't brush my teeth till like two o'clock. You know, it's like, come on. So these type of behaviors for me, and I, I really, I can only always speak like for me because I don't know what other people are, are up against or what's going to work for them. But for me, those are tricky places because fear, you know, fear starts to um, get louder and bigger when you're like teeth around brush and you're in bed all day and you're not, uh, and you're just, you know, scrolling on the the internet, looking at all the people that are doing all the things that you are not doing and how great they're doing at them. So moving your body. The other way is, and I said this at the workshop you attended on Sunday with PSA Layman, but find your people. Find your people who will hold you accountable and remind you who you really are. Like, or And, and maybe some days staying in bed is what you need. Like, just letting yourself off the hook, having your friends that let you off the hook and remind you that you deserve to be let off the hook. So your people, that's a really, really big one. Moving your body, prayer. I've been praying a lot since this pandemic started. I actually started before that, but like it's gotten really intense. Yeah, you know, there are, it's it's not like a one, like there's just one thing. I think it's a whole slew of things. And I think also it's being afraid and doing it anyway. I was terrified for the first um, online workshop. It really was. Not because um, I'm great at this kind of stuff, but it was just like, will it work? Will it translate? Will whatever the fears were. And I was afraid and I did it anyway. You know, I guess that's a way of saying, uh, get out of your comfort zone, which is sort of, you know, cliche, but it's like, the comfort zone for me was like, I know what I'm good at. I'm good at being in a room with 75 or 100 people in person, but I don't know how this is going to work. Well, I'm afraid and I'm doing it anyway. Yeah. Oh, that's, I'd take a deep breath because it's, it's not, um, yeah, it's not easy and it's not really the preferred 
<laughs> preferred way of doing things, right? You, you don't wake up and say, yeah, I'm going to do, I'm going to do the hard things today. Even though I love that Glennon Doyle talks about that all the, all the time. She's like, we can do hard things. Well, I think also, um, about when I when I was thinking about the, the virtual stuff and like one of the reasons I was depressed. I mean, I think I get depressed anyway after a big event, but you, there's no hugs after. There's like we're missing that that human. So the virtual stuff is great. I mean, it's so accessible. Think about you know we can get people in in China and Australia and all these places that we couldn't normally. But like we're missing that body to body stuff. But yeah, be afraid and do it anyway. And some days you don't because you're human, and that's okay too. But if it becomes a lifetime of being afraid and not doing it, then you get kind of screwed. This episode is brought to you by Skillshare. Skillshare is an online learning community with thousands of inspiring classes for creative and curious people like us. We get to explore new skills, deepen our existing passions, and get lost in the world of creativity. And I can't think of a better time than now to be able to do that. Now, I'm not saying we have to leave this quarantine having learned a new language or a new skill. What I'm saying is that now more than ever is an important time to connect with our creative community. Skillshare offers creative classes designed for real life and all the circumstances that come with it. It's always going to be the right time to stay inspired. It's always going to be the right time to be able to express yourself. And it's always going to be the right time to connect with a community of millions of like-minded people. Currently, I'm taking the Everyday Minimalism, Find Calm and Creativity in Living Simply, taught by Erin Boyle. I've learned so much about creating a calm space. Now, for me, it's essential to create that space because I want my creativity to continue to flow easily and freely. And I love this about Skillshare. This is a membership with meaning. Skillshare believes in cultivating a strong community because they believe it's essential in times of hardship. So you're able to tap into the support of fellow creatives who are going to help provide encouragement, who are going to communicate with you, and are going to help continue to support your own inspiration and your own desires in creating something new. I think utilizing Skillshare as a way to practice mindfulness has been such a huge key for me and my own mental state, my own mental wellness. And I really hope that you find the same value in your own experience. So to continue to explore your creativity and get two months of premium membership at Skillshare, go to Skillshare.com forward slash loved, that's L-O-V-E-D, and you get two whole months of unlimited access to thousands of classes for free. So get started by joining today. Head over to skillshare.com forward slash loved. With all that's going on right now, a lot of us are feeling anxious, stressed, or even depressed. And I know that it can be hard finding a doctor to talk to, especially now. That's why I recommend Plush Care. PlushCare knows your mental health is just as important as your physical health. Their primary care physicians are here for you seven days a week to help you start feeling better as soon as possible. In addition to being primary care physicians who handle ongoing and urgent care, they also treat a wide range of common mental health issues like anxiety, depression, stress, or even trouble sleeping. So if you're feeling down, worried, or not like yourself, you can book a same-day appointment and see a PlushCare doctor right from the comfort of your own home using your phone or computer. They'll discuss treatment options with you and have your prescription sent to your local pharmacy as needed. Plush Care accepts most major insurance carriers and is available in all 50 states. Plush Care makes it easier than ever to take care of yourself inside and out. You can start your membership today by going to plushcare.com forward slash loved to start your free 30-day trial. That's P-L-U-S-H-C-A-R-E dot com forward slash loved for a free 30-day trial. Go to plushcare.com forward slash loved. What do you think for you? I mean, you've been through a lot of adversity in your life. You know, you've gone through uh, the loss of one of your parents, your father. You've uh, dealt with, you know, losing your hearing. You've you know, gone through the gamut of uh, transitioning through careers. Like you've really gone through a lot. What 
can you say has been your main anchor point throughout your life? Is there something that you can refer back to and say, this was the thing that really kept me on the path? That's a tough question. It's a tough question because I think back to those years I was at the newsroom, which is the restaurant I was at. You know, I I, I stayed there for almost 14 years, you know, mm-hmm. and I really hated myself then. And I really didn't have an anchor point. So it's very hard to answer that question as far as being on the path because I wasn't on the path then. Or maybe I was because I wouldn't be alive right now. But the first thing that came to me when you asked it was my sense of humor. And I believe that came from my father who, God, may he rest in peace, was the funniest person I've ever met in my life. And and from him, I really learned the value of humor and not taking yourself too seriously. That doesn't say I didn't go through periods of my life where I did take myself very seriously, but, <laughs> but humor was the thing that came up for me, you know? It, you know, reminding myself, don't be an asshole. Yeah, that, that's, a, that's a tough question. Like, what would your answer be? I think it was just that, this sounds a little bit morbid, but that like everything is temporary. Yeah, you know? I don't think it sounds morbid. So I think, I think about it in terms of like, yeah, like, like being in an environment where, you know, I was seeing pe- people get killed, you know, like people were dying. And it was during a really crazy and tumultuous time in LA, you know, in the, in the, mid nineties, it was like known as the decade of death. And so I know that, you know, living through drive-by shootings and being around an environment that was not really conducive to growing up. It just, I, I just knew that everything was temporary and I knew that that would only last for a short amount of time. But on the flip side, the reason why I say it sounds morbid is because I find myself that when I do have moments of bliss or I have moments of feeling that radical love and I feel connected, I also know it's temporary too, you know? Yeah. That's a tough one. I deal with that a lot too. Having gone through, I'm having such, (laughs) when you turn 40, I think you start to lose your vision and it just gets better. (laughs) So I'm like, keep putting on glasses, but it's distracting. Um, yeah, I think that's a tough one that I've I've never a pill that I've never been able to swallow, even though I understand it. But losing my dad so young, so traumatically, um, the idea that nothing's temporary. So I tend to do the thing of clinging, so that you never leave, you never go. This stays forever, and um, even though I know it won't, so it's like I'm at odds with with that. Yeah. But yeah, I don't think it's morbid. I think it's really really, really important to realize that. In fact, I was sort of telling my son that this morning because I walked in and he's ad- addicted to watching these video games, not playing, just watching. And I said, good morning, Charlie. And he doesn't even look up. Good morning, Charlie. Good morning. Good morning. And I'm thinking, God, you know, I'm more important than a video game. Like we're more important. This, I won't be here forever. And he's not going to understand that at four, but I understand that. You know, right. and I, was, I was, and you know, as my dad died when I was young. And I don't know. I just, I, I, I want to really instill that in him. Like, this is all temporary. Look up, hug the person, say hello. Yeah. 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 No, I, I like that. And I, I really do. I think that you answered the question really beautifully, actually, as, as for, as, as part of like what, in regard to what your anchor is, you know, I think it's just so interesting that, the hum- something I learned of in your book was really the whole umbrella of being in the human experience, you know, yeah. because I feel like it, all of your stories, everything that you've learned throughout your life is so much a part of the human condition. We go up, we go down, we go up, we go down, you know, you, you're really able to um, create a safe space for your students or the people that are taking it's it's the same same uh transfer of wisdom in my opinion when i'm reading your book and i'm at a workshop it's like oh this is here's that transmission of it's okay to be human you know it's okay to 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 feel this way it's okay to not know it's okay to make mistakes exactly 
Yeah. And so I feel like, wow, what a perfect time. Some people would say, God, this is not the best time to be releasing a book. And part of me is like, no, this is the perfect time. Like we need this book right now, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's like, it really comes down to that perspective, right? What, what do you want to create? Did I, I read, I can't remember if it was a book or maybe it was uh, maybe an interview I read that you did where you say there's something about um, that you're not a fan of everything happens for a reason. No, I'm not. I think that's bullshit. I, um, but I did think of what my anchor was. So I went, I'm going to come back to that. I realized what it was because it was bugging me. I'm like, I know, I, I know I have it. It's my, my ability to be a connector mm. that really always and forever since I, I learned how to talk. So it, and it's, and it's how I make my living now. And I suppose humor, it goes hand in hand. No, I don't think everything happens for a reason at all. I think that's nonsense. I think that after something happens, we can make meaning out of it sometimes or art or find the gift in it. Not always, but sometimes. But to say everything happens for a reason, then it's like there's like this preordained, you know, like my nephew has Prader-Willi syndrome, this rare genetic awful disorder. What, What was the reason everything happens for a reason? What? So my sister could, 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 learn how to be a really good mother. Or, I mean, and that's bullshit. I get fired up with that. I have too many friends who've lost children, whose babies have died. Like, what does that mean? Everything happens for a reason. I, I, I think everything happens. It's just a better, a better way to say it. And yes, sometimes I tell this story all the time about the woman who left my retreat. And from that, I got this epiphany that no one was going to give me a medal in my life. And so it ended up being a gift. Was it a gift in the moment? No. But years later or weeks later, I can look and find the gift in it and go, okay, well, there. But I wouldn't say that was a reason for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Obviously, I have an opinion about this. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I know. And I like that. I, I wanted to talk to you about that because I, I feel the same way. If you put it in the context of everything happens for a reason that it doesn't make sense as the reason that we're maybe not even supposed to know what the reason is. I I can get on board with that. Um, I almost feel like it's a way to pacify any discomfort that may come with an event happening. Yeah. Yeah. Reason it, it creates us sedative or a narcotic to us actually experiencing the upheaval of something not working or of failing at something or whatever, or just dealing with somebody else's pain because we want to, we don't want to feel it. It's uncomfortable to see somebody that you love or somebody go through something really difficult. You know, it's, 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 I don't know. Yeah, I don't want to say it's it's hard, but you know. Well, it sounds like a platitude. It's like, what, you know, someone breaks your heart and you're so heartbroken and someone goes, well, you know, everything happens for a reason. I mean, you want to punch them in the nose. <laughs> That's not to say that you won't heal and, and, and hopefully feel whole again. And then eventually look back and go, well, thank God I got away from that person because, you know, I, whatever it may be. But I just find this idea that there's this like preordained way and, you know, things happen for a reason to be a little too trite and a little too, like you say, to pacify. It it feels like a platitude to me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. And I, and I, and I don't buy it because if it, if you're going to say a statement like that, then tell me why, why did my friend's two sons get killed in a car accident? What was the reason? There is none. Thank you. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I think there's a period at the end of that because I don't know that it needs to be followed up. I think you're right. A hundred percent. Yeah. And yet I do understand some people's faith is so strong. I have people that are very faith-based and, and believe in capital G God and they're, you know, really in a religion or whatever. And for them, it's comforting. So that's my stance. You know, if you're listening and you're rolling your eyes at me right now, great. You get to keep your belief and your stance. And I'm not going to take that away from you. This is just how I feel. Yeah, I, I totally agree with that. You've been... 
you've been such a huge proponent for uplifting and amplifying Black voices on your platform, which I find extremely inspiring. And I'm, I'm just, I love that you are so passionate about it. And well, I have that, you know, why not? I, I have, I've always, you know, I've always been about, um, like for years before this moment in time, I've like lent my other Instagrams out. Um, you know, I give the password out, I have a couple Instagrams and I, you know, I say, borrow it and use it, grow yours and just share your voice. And I'm always, you know, posting about other people and why not? I have a platform. So hell yeah, that's, that, it doesn't cost me a dime. It's not like I'm bankrupting myself. It's my pleasure. Yeah. And so what do you think our role in the world of health and wellness is as people who have a platform to give voice to those who don't, what is our responsibility during this time? Do you think, what is the, what is the main thing that we should be doing right now? Well, you know, I think shit is an asshole, but <laughs> I know you don't like shit. I, well, no, but I, I really, um, I always want to be careful to, to kind of just speak for myself. You know, I don't know. It's funny because I don't, I never know like category I fall into, you know, yoga, writing, health and wellness, you know, whatever. So I don't feel like I'm in any certain category. I do what feels organic for me. And this does to, this just, this feels more natural than anything just to, you know, find someone I love or believe in or, or want to support and amplify them, give them my platform, talk about them, share them. I think that it is really important and evident that as white women, a white woman, our voices have been heard for a long time and, you know, we take up a lot of space. So it's like, great, just take a step back and, and um, like the share the mic platform uh, initiative. I really love and share the mic. My, my thing, if you want to call it my thing has never been though, like I'm not selling products. You know, I sell my workshop, but I'm not selling products. I'm not teaching people how to like change their bodies or any or anything like that. It's always been about being human. And so this, what I, I only do what feels natural and organic to me. As far as other people, I don't know. I gotta be honest. I don't follow a lot of people that, that aren't kind of doing the same thing I'm doing or aren't inspiring on a deeper level. And if I do, they're muted. <laughs> if they're muted. Um, I'm not... I just know what I'm interested in, you know, yeah. and and what I feel is important, but I'm also not going to like be like, listen, you know, if you're selling um, this, that, or the other thing, you need to stop. No, I mean, we, we definitely need to make things more inclusive and look how we're being ableist and look how we're being racist and various things, but I'm not going to, you know, ever impose upon someone the way they should be running their platform. I think now is a, a beautiful invitation and opportunity to listen. I mean, it's like if you if if you're not learning a ton right now, it's everywhere. Then you're not paying attention. Yeah. And then how are you going to utilize what you've learned? What 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 changes are you going to implement that yeah. are real, not some bullshit? Here's a black square or like you know. I don't know. I'm I'm not going to throw anyone under the bus. Um. <laughs> <laughs> I I hear you. I I hear you 100%. I've actually talked about that in the past and in the last couple of weeks. I'm like there there's a lot more than just the you know a curated Instagram feed that people have to do in order to create an actual shift in our dynamic. I think it's a a really interesting question though about the the you know, the health and the wellness and, and the platforms. Um, because generally speaking, I, I mean, I don't know how much has shifted now, but like the wellness world is very white. The yoga world is very white. Well, it's not even, which is hilarious because it's like not even ours to begin with. And But it's just so white. And so really opening up the space. So it's not so fucking white. And 
making room for everyone. It's so important. And so, you know, how are you going to do that? And and it requires learning and research and education and, and listening, again, that word. And being real. Yeah, this this um the curated stuff really makes my butthole clench. <laughs> mm-hmm. And the mm-hmm. um and the performative stuff. Yeah. And I'm not perfect. Like, please, I fuck up all the time. I am, you know, I'm not, I'm just me. I'm not over here saying like, I'm not, I'm not any better than anyone else. But I hope to be tomorrow better than I was yesterday. I have one final question for you. And it's, I can literally talk to you all day. And I know that this is just the beginning of what is our future together forever, hopefully. I started this podcast as a way to just create a community, build a platform for people to go to, to get inspired or to just feel supported or to just listen to a conversation that might help make them feel more validated. Um, The whole idea of the ethos behind Radically Loved is that we are radically loved and supported by God, universe, source, baby Buddha, baby Krishna, whatever higher power of your understanding, the universe works for us. I love that. And so the final question for you, um, it's a two-part question. And I always have to like say it like this, even we're 300 episodes in, like I still have to reframe this in a very specific way. So it's a two-part question. The first one is, how do you feel radically loved? And the second is, what do you radically love? Hmm. It's beautiful. How do I feel radically loved? It's a big old smile on my face because, you know, you know, I think, you know, my mission statement is, in life is when I get to the end of my life and I ask one final, what have I done? Let my answer be, I have been loved. But I feel radically loved in a lot of ways, which is one of the reasons I never worry too much about like living in a tiny apartment or any of this other nonsense. I, I'm clear that the work I do, and I'm not saying that I'm, you know, uh, that every single person who's come to my retreat or something has like likes or even loves me, but I'm clear or loves or even likes me. I'm clear that the work that I do in the world is really valuable and impacting. And even before I had my son, I knew that it would be okay if I didn't because I got this maternal fill with all these people that I worked with. So I really feel radically loved by my uh, community, my, my, um, the people who come to my workshops and my retreats. Um, and my friendships, they're so, so, so dear to me. And also by my family, my son and my husband, my sister. I, I want to say God, but I'm grappling with that one. You know, I, that's a day-to-day thing, you know? So um, coming back to like, who is God for me? And we don't have time for that. How do I radically love? Is that, was that the, no, who do I radically love? That's interesting that I, that I heard it as how. <laughs> this is going to sound corny and I don't care. People. I fucking love people. I radically love people. That's not to say there aren't assholes because there are. Sometimes we are the assholes, but I genuinely radically love people, which is why I do what I do and and why I like, I love getting in close and listening. I lip read for those that don't know. Um, I mean, of course, I radically love my son. I love my son so much that I feel like my heart's going to explode out of my body and I have never loved anything or anyone in this way, but people. Yeah. Mm. And I radically love the people I serve and the people who serve me. And by serving me, I mean, listening to me or loving me, whatever service means in that day. It's a great question. I am so grateful for you. You really have taught me so much. I can't even... I can't even sit here and in this short time really tell you. And I hope that we can get together soon so that I can we will. express we will. that. For the people that are listening, where can they go for more information and where can they connect with you? 
I mainly hang out on Instagram at Jen Pasteloff, but my website is jenniferpasteloff.com. You can get my book on being human. It's now in paperback, so it's it's less expensive than the hardback. But yeah, I'm, I'm on Instagram. I mean, throw a rock and you'll find me. <laughs> <laughs> so every, those links will all be on the show notes of this particular podcast. If you go to the info button on the podcast, whatever platform you're listening to, all of Jen's links will be on there. So you can just click and follow. And for the first 10 people that post this podcast on their Instagram stories and tag both Jen and myself, you will get a free copy because we purchased 10 copies. That's amazing. Thank you. Of course. So yeah. So if you're listening... I feel radically loved. She is so radically loved. And all of you listening, you are all radically loved as well. Thank you so much for being a part of this podcast. Jen, we love you. Thank you so, so much for all the work that you do for just being uh, an amazing human being and teaching us how to continue to be human as well. Thank you. And for everybody listening, if you enjoyed this podcast, please share it with your friends, leave us a review, subscribe, rate, and review. We love you. Thank you all so, so much. Thanks, Jen. Thank you. Wait. Can I say one more thing or did you end it? Yes. No, no, I haven't ended it yet. I I, I realize I want to add this on the, as, the, as the addendum. The thing I'm really learning how to radically love is myself. That's good. The end. <laughs> yeah, that's really good. I love that. Hey, everyone. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I am so excited to continue to do this. Please share this with your friends. Email us. Message us on Instagram at Rosie Acosta or on Twitter at Rosie Acosta. Subscribe on iTunes. Write a review. We love doing this. So please help us continue to keep this podcast going. Thanks for listening.